Woof. When I get off of this mountain, you know where I want to go. Straight down to Studio 211. Let's do the Infuse Show. The Infuse Show is brought to you by the team at The Sales Joint. Crafted sales solutions for cultivators. Visit thesalesjoint.com today to schedule a discovery call. Mike, Francesca, welcome back to another episode. Hey. Good to be back. We're it's, pumped for this one. It's good to be back. Um, that's the song lyrics I referenced. We're talking about, uh, they reference, um, you know, up on Cripple Creek, they're talking about the Gulf of Mexico and they talk about uh, Lake Charles. It's almost appropriate on this very, very wet day that we have where there's water, water everywhere. Um, we are going to go all the way to the City of Angels, home of the doors, Los Angeles. We have a special guest for you today. And my God, we're really excited about bringing her story to you. Um, when you have a guest on your show who's accomplished so much in, in such a relatively short time, it's, it's just special. Our guest today is a bilingual integrative health pharmacist specializing in integrative and preventative health. Her work has helped pave the way for other healthcare professionals to pursue non-traditional career paths through creating postdoctoral training programs, industry internships, online courses. Our guest today is an entrepreneur, a healthcare disruptor, an advocate, an author, a speaker who co-founded and serves as chief scientific officer of the international award-winning clean beauty and wellness brand Element Apothic. And she's joining us today from the City of Angels in California, where she also serves as the director of science for Los Angeles Normal. Let's welcome to the Infuse Show, Dr. Swathi Varanasi. Dr. Swathi, thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. welcome. That is, you believe, Nick, can you believe that you pulled that off in one breath? I know, I'm shocked. That was impressive. (laughs) Mike, I can't. And uh, when I was writing that up last week, I had to make sure I kind of write, wrote my own joke in. I'm doing my show research, Dr. Swathi, and doing my, conducting my normal show prep as you were. And I'm on your, I'm on your website, which we'll, we'll definitely promote later. And I just get to this point where I'm reading about you and your considerable work experience and what you've done. And I get to the point, uh, Mike and Francesca, that it says in her free time. And I'm going, where the hell is that? <laughs> free t- I saw that also, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we're so grateful that in this limited amount of free time that you joined us here on the Infuse Show, we know you had to get up early for this one uh, to meet our East Coast time. So thank you again. Listen, our show is geared towards industry insiders as well as the kind of curious. And I think those kind of curious people today are going to be very interested in your story, Dr. Swathi. And I want to get right to it. Um, you know, what was the impulse? Was it an early impulse uh, in, in your life that, that you really thought, I really want to pursue a, a career in healthcare? Yeah, so I grew up around, you know, my family was very big on like Ayurvedic medicine and stuff. So I was around herbs, like at a young age, not cannabis, but Mm -hmm. I was around herbs at a young age. And, you know, discussions about other healing modalities. I never thought that that would be something that would be such a big part of my career later, but I always kind of knew and and growing up like in that I was, you know, I am first generation South Asian, like you're given very few options um, of like, you know, you can go like the healthcare path, you can go like the, the lawyer path, the finance path, those kind of a things. And, um, and I was like, well, healthcare seems the most interesting to me. So I think I'm just going to stick with that and you know see what happens so um it was kind of like predetermined in that way um okay. but as i learned more about healthcare paths i was like okay well i have physicians
nutrition is not for me, but I saw the pharmacist growing up. To me, it was people who owned pharmacy. So there was like an element of entrepreneurship, an element of like being very active in the community. Um, then the other people I saw were like an in industry. And so in industry, they were doing like medical writing and clinical trials and like all this stuff. And so to me, it was like a very varied path where you could just figure it out later. Um, but there was a lot of different options there. So to me, healthcare was like a very wide opportunity. Um, and then especially once I found pharmacy, it was the same thing. I was like, wow, there's so many different things I could do. Um, and so that's why I decided to go down that path. Um, when I was in college, I knew that I wanted to do healthcare, at least at that point. And so I majored in Spanish um, because I saw it as an opportunity to like cultivate a tool that I could use along the way. And so it's smart. been a really helpful tool um, that I still use like weekly or if, if not more often than that. I'll bet. I'll bet yeah. that's a really nice way to differentiate yourself and to kind of create your own niche starting off in a career like that as well. Definitely. Yeah. And make yourself so much more accessible to people that are probably incredibly underserved. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And a lot of the things that when, when I reflect and I've been asked this question before, you know, when you reflect, like, what are you most proud of? And, and really it comes back to entrepreneurship and a way to like expand reach um, mm -hmm. and to start something from scratch. And so in pharmacy school, I was able to start free clinic programs. Um, and in those clinic programs, they're all bilingual, they're all education-based. And a lot of that does stem from the fact that I was able to study another language and able to spend, because I went to a liberal arts school, I could spend two semesters abroad. I did a summer work experience abroad. Um, and I was really able to draw on a lot of those experiences to then bring it back to where I went to school, which was in Charleston, South Carolina, and helped the underserved there. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was reading through that. And I'm looking at I think starting your your college's first you know pharmacy volunteer program at a, at a free clinic, and mm -hmm. and you bringing your skills and your your language skills to that. Um, when you were studying uh, in college, did you feel like, wow, this is my crowd, this is where I belong? Like you were supposed to wind up there. That's so interesting you ask, because in the heat of the moment, I was extremely confused because mm -hmm. to me, what I saw growing up as a pharmacist was, as I just mentioned, you know, people who owned pharmacies, people who were like a, you know, a pillar of their community kind of a thing. And I, when, when you start going through the schooling, I think it's very easy to get lost in like the nitty gritty detail mm -hmm. and not see like the big picture. Um, and and much of everyone around me was set to go to residencies and and be hospital pharmacists and you know do specialties in like pediatrics and cardiology and all these things. You know, my a lot of my friends that I'm so very close with from pharmacy school are all doing that and absolutely loving their decision and and everything. I just felt like I didn't resonate with any of the conventional paths. Like I, and then our final year of pharmacy school, we're able to do different um, internships, different rotations and things. And I like, I absolutely loved my experiences. Like I, but, but I would walk away like a week or two after and say, you know, that was a great experience and keep in touch with the preceptors or the mentors. But I didn't see myself doing that full time, like for my actual role. So I was actually really confused. Um, and I reflect, of course, now and I'm I'm thinking, you know, 
I, what I learned is still so helpful and I apply my pharmacy knowledge every day. And I still, of course, identify as a pharmacist, but I wouldn't say I do anything quintessentially, you know, pharmacy every day at the same time. But you wow. have a strong understanding of that world, how it operate, what's important, what's the values, the language, so to speak, of that of that industry. You're up to speed, uh, you know, cutting edge on that. So that's what lets you kind of take that knowledge and apply it to do almost in a lot of ways the greater good things that you're going to talk about, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's a great way of putting it, and it's it's also you know how can I use these skills and apply them to other things? And I think that a lot of healthcare paths get like very lost or maybe, maybe lost is not the right term, but they get very like set in their mm -hmm. ways. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm really working to change is like, how can we use all this knowledge that is so helpful, but how can we apply it to things that we're actually really passionate about? And I find that the more I talk to healthcare professionals, the more that they're either a combination of like burnt out or they feel stuck or they like don't know what the right next path is. And they just feel like, you know, I've been in this career for however many years. And like, I feel like it's maybe too late to transition and do something else because they don't see the value of transferable skills. So mm -hmm. that's like something I think is really important in any career path. But I feel like in healthcare, more than anything, people get very like, they, they almost feel like the world is pigeonholing them into Boxed something. In. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense. A lot of those paths are like silos, you know, and so yeah. you are identifying as what you practice as and nothing else. Whereas from your even childhood experience where you were exposed to a lot of herbs and then you have this study abroad and you have all these applications that that seep in through those walls so that you can see healthcare as an element and not its own you know, an element of something bigger and not something that's just standing on its own. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dr. Swarthy, one thing you said that resonates with me is I, I have two college age students now um, and a senior and a junior and your frustration around not knowing exactly what you wanted to do as you're going through this journey. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty normal, especially based on, you know, my ex personal experience when I'm dealing with, with my, my children, their friends and, you know, your story, was there anything in particular that was allowed you to flip the switch or gain clarity on what it is you wanted to do, because you certainly didn't waste about a lot of time. You figured it <laughs> out pretty quickly and got, got to step in. So what was that? Like what, what flipped the switch for you? I think it was rotation experiences and work experiences, internship experiences, things like that. I, I, I think that, um, people need to like be okay with the fact that like everything is not set and that like, stepping out of your comfort zone and just trying something for the sake of like, oh, I'm interested in it. Let me try it and see what happens. I think is really important um, because for me, like until I realized, and I think also, you know, you go through undergrad and then I was in pharmacy school, which is four years and, and everything after that. And I, I did take a year off in between and I, I worked and I got ready for school and I, I traveled a lot and things like that. But I, but, but I, I do think that it's really important to take, like to look inward and figure out what is really going to make you happy. And I think that once you have work experiences, you have internship experiences and things like that, you're able to realize that like, 
wow, can I see myself doing this every single day right. for like a 50 year career? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I think like through the process of elimination of just being like willing to try things, you realize like, okay, I've given this a fair shot. Um, this is not for me. Maybe let's try this. Okay. This is not for me. And like giving yourself the grace that like, it's point. okay to just try things and like it might not be the right fit the first time and I think that this could be applied to like a lot of different things but in particular like for your career I just think it's so important because in school as someone who spent pretty much their whole life until graduation in school like I did not realize what it meant and no one like tells you in school you know what it means to devote like 40 50 70 hours of your week to work like that really becomes like you wake up you get ready to go work you go to work, you come back, you relax after work, and then you prep the next day to go to work. And that's, you know, like five, seven, six, seven days, you know, out of the week that people do that. So it really is such a huge time commitment. Right. And so I think it's really important that people just realize what kind of time commitment that is, and that, you know, you should be happy and figure out something um, where you can use the skills that you have without, I mean, maybe that does require going back to school, but I think a lot of the time we have so many transferable skills that we can just use in something else. Sure. Yeah. As a, as an English education uh, <laughs> major and former teacher, I, I couldn't agree more. But speaking of like finding what you like and trying new things, how did cannabis come into this world of medicine and pharmacy where, you know, up until recently, very, very separate? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, for me, it was in one of my rotations. So the last year of pharmacy school is all rotations. And I wanted to like curate my schedule to be doing things that interested me, which is, I think, probably why I had such a great experience my final year. Um, I did, you know, out of my nine rotations, they're all one month long. I did like six of them all over the country. I did my last one in Sicily. I did one in Alaska. Ooh. And one of the ones that oh, I did wow. also was in LA, which is where I still am right now. I never thought I would end up in LA. I mean, I grew up in the Northeast, like actually very close to Delaware. Um, and then I went to undergrad in Minnesota and then I moved to South Carolina for pharmacy school and then moved out here. So yeah, you never know where life's going to take you, but I happened to meet an incredible mentor who I did a rotation with and not even like a week into the um, into the experience, I was like, I finally found what I've been looking for in pharmacy. I finally like don't feel lost. Like I didn't know that pharmacists could do this. And I mean, I had found her to like do the rotation, but I didn't really know exactly what the rotation was going to be like and what her role was going to be like. I just knew her title was integrative health pharmacist. And that was exciting enough for me to come out here and figure out what that meant. So um, did the rotation with her and pretty much told her not even a week into the rotation that like, I want to train with you. What is that going to look like? And I mean, within the pharmacy world, there are residency programs. And so that's, you know, a postdoc training experience um, and more, um, I guess, more, you know, stereotypically, those experiences are like in a hospital or in a pharmacy setting. Um, and so working with her, she didn't have a set program or anything, but she was open to training me. And so we decided, okay, why don't we start the first and still only um, postdoc training program for pharmacists interested in entering this unconventional field. And so we started it together. Oh, wow. um, I got to help 
curate the program and I also got to be the first resident. And so given my interest in the way that the, you know, programs progressed, it's always like based on what that particular, you know, few students are interested in. And so I got to focus a lot of my training on medical cannabis and on integrative health in particular. So integrative health, of course, encompassing like the way that Everyone defines integrative health differently. I, I was define- going to say, what is it technically? Yes, and how is you. it different than holistic or is it not? And all of that. Yeah. So everyone defines it as different. Um, I would say the average person within integrative health, it's like they almost look at it as like integrative health on one side. And then they look at like conventional Western medicine on the other side. Mm-hmm. I personally don't view it like that. To me, I think integrative health is really well named in that like it is integrating all the possible modalities of health, healing and wellness. So I really see it as like the intersection of East and West and the conventional and the unconventional, like all together. And so So to me, that means putting the patient in the middle of the discussion and not just like telling the patient something to do. Um, And so that's what we call patient-centered shared decision-making. And so that's, you know, how can I have a discussion with the patient and figure out what their treatment goals are, what their, you know, lifestyle looks like and what they want to achieve so that I can lay out from my experience and my background what are all the possible options? Because I mean, if someone's saying they're struggling with sleep, I mean, there are prescriptions for that. There are, you know, sleep hygiene discussions to be had. There are, um, you know, uh, there are other supplements you can utilize. There's cannabis. There's so many different things. There's mindfulness and meditation, especially before you go to bed. I mean, there's, you know, talking about movement and how that can influence the influence your sleep quality. So it's looking at all these different things and laying it all out there and then discussing with the patient what works well for them. I mean, if you're talking about great sleep hygiene, but someone is an overnight nurse, maybe that's not going to work for them. Yeah. Um, But, um, and then like maybe someone has an allergy to a certain herbal tea. And so maybe an herbal tea wouldn't be the right choice for them. Um, maybe they're already taking 16 supplements and they don't want to add another one. Like what, like, what can we do to Mm -hmm. help someone achieve their goals, but within the scope of their lifestyle and what they, you know, how, how they lead their life. So cannabis being one tool in a toolbox that yes. is an option for you to consider with the patients based on their criteria and their goals and et cetera. Absolutely. Yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's So it seems to me this also, this endeavor uh, with, with the integrative health, it, it seems like it also, it kind of itched your scratch to be an entrepreneur to some degree too, because you were involved in the program from the very beginning, uh, probably like, you know, side by side with your mentor, but also kind of the first guinea pig to go through it is what it sounds like. Is that correct? Definitely. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yeah. 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 It it really was. And it was like a very eye-opening experience in that way, but it didn't, it took me until that point to realize that like, Everything that I was, you know, most proud of were things that I had like started from scratch and things that like I could I could like think about and be like, wow, okay, that didn't exist before. But like because someone and in this case, me was like willing to go out of their comfort zone and like try to create something for other people then like, this is where we are now. So um, yeah, it, it really, it, it, it itched that for sure. And then also though, growing up, I like coined this term, which I'm sure like no one else uses, but like growing up, I 
always said like when when teachers would ask me not like when my parents or you know someone in my family friend circle to them I was like always going to be a doctor and that was enough the to, right like, answer yeah. <laughs> yeah um but then uh when my teachers would ask me I always said I wanted to be an inventor so like growing up I didn't know the word entrepreneur to me oh. it was just like someone who invented things um and so that was like what I always wanted to be I always was interested in in a lot of different things. So I really didn't know where that was going to lead. I was, you know, the person who was always like, you know, drawing, like I was always really into architecture and and into fashion design. So I would like do stuff like that. And so it was like, how do we, but like the way that I view that now is like, how do I infuse like creativity and like thinking outside of the box and like innovate, like innovation in what I do now? And how can I bring all of that to entrepreneurship? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so where did um did cannabis as a tool in the toolbox? Did that come from your mentor? Did that come from you? Did you have any personal experience with it beforehand or was it all kind of clinical or referral? Yeah, so it was a combination of things. So my mentor actually didn't know much about it. Um, and so it was me realizing first, like I, I always joke, but like the people in healthcare who find out about cannabis and who are like you know, they've done the research, they see what's out there, and they maybe even have the opportunity to interact with patients who've used cannabis in the past for their healing. They're like the nerdiest people. <laughs> yes. Like once you learn about the endocannabinoid system, it is so cool. Like there is no system that is cooler in the body. Um, just the way that it works, the way that it like influences and um and it like infuses itself also into so many other organ systems and neurotransmitter systems and just the way that it can um modulate so many things going on um is just so fascinating and it's like i feel like so much of education is lost as in like it doesn't exist for healthcare professionals and i think that that's important for for anyone to know is that like if you go to your healthcare professional and say you know I'm interested in incorporating CBD or cannabis there, you know, healthcare professionals are always looking at benefit versus risk. In particular pharmacy, that's like what we're really taught is like for each patient, how can we minimize the risk while optimizing the benefit? And so any healthcare professional, if you go to them, if they don't know about cannabis, which is like the vast majority, 90 plus percent of them, you know, don't view it as something that can be used medicinally, when they say, oh my gosh, don't use it. Um, we don't know enough about it. Like by they, when they say that, they mean they don't know enough about it, right? And so they're just trying to minimize your risk. And so in their mind, they're just going to say no, because to them, that is minimizing risk while, you know, maybe not adding any benefit, but like, they're always looking to, at that like ratio of balancing those two. That's so uh, well explained. Yeah, so it's a yeah. path of least resistance just to say yeah. we don't know enough when it's actually they don't know enough. That's a great observation. Yeah, and you covered something that I was curious about, Dr. Swathi, in there. I think Mike Francesca and I were all curious. Where I wanted to, I remember reading that you said your colleagues would never 
uh, describe you as conventional by any means yeah. or whatever. And I was wondering like what, what the general consensus in that area of your professional sphere was, are we embracing cannabis? Are we saying, Oh God, no, here, here comes more schooling. Here comes more, <laughs> here comes a whole lot more time we have to dedicate to it. But you yeah. Um, I mean, like just my whole life, I feel like I've always done something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, everyone else I went to college with who wanted to do something in healthcare, just like majored in chemistry like a normal person but I did not um and then like I took a year off before pharmacy school a lot of people don't do that and I I like took a graphic design job because I wanted to try something and I traveled a lot a lot of people were like what are you doing with your time um and then like in pharmacy school I was the only person I knew when I entered pharmacy school as I you know mentioned before the things that were exciting to me about pharmacy were not being in a pharmacy. And so I was the only one in my whole class by the time we had graduated of like almost like a hundred plus of us that like had never worked in a pharmacy, like out of choice. Most people got like, you know, jobs outside of school and things like they all did that. I mean, I worked for a startup in medical device. I like conducted research studies. Um, I started that clinic program. Like I did things that were interesting to me, but like to the average, you know, classmate of mine, they thought it was crazy or or rather they just like didn't understand it um and so and then deciding you know at graduation first and then also my rotations everyone just does their rotations on you know the college campus on the medical campus so Mm -hmm. I did like nearly all of mine out of state or out of country which again which is like swathy just being swathy you know it's like people (laughs) would say um and then um then at graduation after I hadn't seen people for like almost a year to be like oh I'm moving to LA to start my own residency program people were like okay it's just like (laughs) Of wow. course you are. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When yeah. you read that, like, that's really what that means is that people are just used to me, like doing my own thing. And, and like now I've, you know, co-founded a company and things like that. It's just like me kind of just forging my own path and, and ensuring that what I'm doing is really like aligned with what I want. Oh, it's very, it's very, very impressive. Yep. I it's agree. Very- very impressive. Very Ralph Waldo Emerson, too, following those <laughs> passions where they point you. Um, and I want to get to this company in a minute because I know our audience wants to know about this. But I, since you just brought up moving to L.A., um, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, you're working yeah. with normal. Um, mm-hmm. Could you take, take us to how that happened and what what the role and duties of the director of science are for Los Angeles normal? Yeah. So, I mean, I. I can't believe I haven't brought this up yet, um, but I love networking. I think it is the most important thing. And I mean, I thought that's how we all connected also is that's like, right. you just never know who knows who. And so like, I try to devote time every week or every other week to like, just sit down and like cold message people, which is like when people ask me like, oh, how'd you meet so-and-so? How do you, you know, how have you gone off and, and done these different things? Like so much of it is networking um, and just being like open to meeting new people. And, you know, and and it doesn't like when you, especially that's the other thing too, is like, you shouldn't also be networking with like a reason. Like you shouldn't be networking to like, oh, I want to meet this person so they can put me on their show and then they can introduce me to like whomever. And it should just be like, I want to meet this person because they seem to be doing cool things and like, we'll see what happens like and mm-hmm. see if there are synergies that like it, it should, shouldn't yeah. be. Like a network goes like, wide. It shouldn't be a ladder you climb yes. up. 
Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, no, that, that's that's really true. So the agenda chasers, no bad. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can like feel that on the other side of the call mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Very it's tangible. Like they're asking these kinds of questions because they like want it to lead to something, which I guess everyone has their own way of going about it. I've just found that like if you go in and you're just like excited to meet someone new, it's just a very different experience and a very different, like I guess, finish line. Um, and so yeah. Um, I think networking is really important. And I would say like, that's the reason why so many things that have like, you know, I never would have expected um, like early on in my career to happen have happened. Um, One of them being, you know, like meeting the co-founders of my company, we met on LinkedIn, um, we connected. And then um, of course this was pre-COVID. So we were able to go like grab coffee and meet a few times in person and and everything. And then, yeah, and now we started the company together. But initially it just started off as like, let's have a chat. She asked me to join the medical advisory team. And then I just learned more about it and, and saw you know, what the company was, what the company's goals were and what the mission was and so that there was real alignment. And then I joined the the founding team. Wow. And, and so that's for your company. That's for Element Apothic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to dig more into that, but right before we do, Mm -hmm. in terms of normal, you work as their director of science. Oh, sorry. I got like completely winded on my, my, uh, network. <laughs> no, that's okay. Totally it's, you know, question. when you do a lot, it's kind of hard <laughs> yeah. to keep it on. Me, so. Yeah. I just, I love, I want to hear about element apothic and I want to hear about normal too. So just sort yeah, of like yeah, definitely what yeah, you so do with, with them with normal. Also, like the reason I started talking about the networking thing is because I met them also through networking. It was like someone who knew someone who knew someone was like, Oh, you should meet the people at normal. So um, I um, had some calls with them and um, figured out that, you know, we all like, we really like the, one of the things I love about normal is that it's like completely volunteer. Everyone who's there wants to be there and devotes their time to just like improving what it means to like have access to cannabis um, on a national level. Um, And then the LA chapter is one of the largest chapters. And so um, it's just led by some incredible people that like just really want to make a change. Like they genuinely that, I mean, like at, at the end of the day, there's nothing in it for the people on the board, apart from like the satisfaction they get from like what kind of changes or what kind of education and things they can bring to everyone. So that's really what attracted me to um, join LA Normal after meeting with them. And then of course, like we've had a chance to meet in person ever since, which has been really lovely. And so, um, yeah, so with the director of science, it's really to help figure out what sort of initiatives can we push forward, like a webinar series that, you know, has um, different topics within the science of cannabis and working very closely with the director of education, um, the director of, um, we do not have a director of medicine at the moment, but that is something we are looking for. Um, so yeah, a way to that where we can all work together to bring more evidence-based science to everyone really is my goal. Um, and so like so far that's looked like, you know, blog posts, potentially we're talking about doing like a webinar series. Um, and then also with um, Element Apothic, I've been working on an online course that is also probably going to play a role in, in what happens with LA Normal too. Ooh, that's a nice little teaser (laughs) mystery. Well, it's great that you have these crossover vehicles too, where you can Mm -hmm. use certain platforms for more than one 
uh, group to help share messaging, to reach people, to educate, to, you know, all those things that you're, you're really, it seems like you've developed a great recipe to do this and you're able to apply it to a lot of different areas. So that's really, really impressive. Oh, thank you. No, we know that we know that elementapothic.com is a big, big uh, winner with with past guests. You were mentioning a healthy, robust network, doctor. Uh, you have one because it's it's funny. Mike in his network, Mike did some work up in Philadelphia with Beth Lawrence, uh, mm -hmm. Philly startup, yeah. a friend of the show. Uh, mm -hmm. Beth comes on the show. We have a great conversation with her. Beth emails me the next week. She's like, you got to talk to Dr. Swathy. And then the two of us start talking and, and, uh, and then you're here. So you, you have a healthy, robust network and a great sense of like what you and Francesca said, what a, what a network should be. Mm -hmm. um, as far as, as things that are coming up and what we can, what we can keep on the lookout for coming from you, you just mentioned a couple, but I know you've got speaking gigs coming up. Uh, what, what's, what's on the horizon? What are, you, what are you doing this fall? Yeah, so actually September is a busy month. So um, September uh, 10th, so literally this weekend, um, is a Wise Pause Summit. Um, and so that is in Los Angeles. And um, that is all about perimenopause and menopause and talking about different like modalities and and how we can look at it from different vantage points. And so they've asked me to come speak about the use of cannabis in perimenopause. Yes. So um, I am speaking with them and oh my gosh, the, um, I, I, I don't know if, if, if you all were familiar with, with this, but um, Stacey London is going to be the keynote. Oh my and God. I Francesca fangirling <laughs> the entire time. Like I, <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't believe it when I went. love her. So I I'm actually going her. to be in the same room as her. So she, um, I'm just so excited. So she'll be um, part of so your network now. There it yes! is. Hopefully. Oh I'm one goodness. degree away from Stacey London. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. So, um, yeah, so that's coming up on Saturday. And then the following week is the cannabis science conference East. Um, and so I'm going to be doing a keynote there um, on cannabimimetics, which is a full on like topic within cannabis that people don't talk about often enough, which is like one of my favorite topics. Wow. I've never even and heard that word before. That's really cool. So cannabimimetics are like substances or, you know, activities or, you know, rituals, anything that can modulate the endocannabinoid system that isn't cannabis necessarily. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, and where is that conference, Dr. Swathi? Uh, that's in Baltimore. Okay. You mentioned East, so I figured it was yeah. back on the East. Okay. Yeah, that's in Baltimore. So we, I have those two coming up soon. And then there are a few others coming up later in the year that are like either virtual or in person. But mm. yeah, those are the the two that are the, the soonest. And are you and as you're speaking and you know, doing all these great events, are you going as um part of your integrative health business? Are you going as element apothic or are you just Dr. Swathi and you're all of it? I'm kind of the last one. Yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of just all, all in one. Yeah. And so you're, you're, oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, no go, go ahead, ahead, Mike. I was gonna say you're your own brand really. So these yeah. other businesses kind of fit under your, their sub brands of your brand really when it comes down to it. And so that allows you to have the flexibility to ebb and flow wherever your interests take you or your passion or, or a business interest, whatever it's going to be. It's, it's a, yeah. it's a smart model. I know someone else who's using a similar model, huh? <laughs> Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> and is element apothic. How does that fit into the network of what how you're doing? That? Like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, I mean, I, I always wanted to start something, but it was like finding the right idea, finding the right people to do it with. And I am so grateful after meeting so many founders, like that I have this incredible team that I work with every day because, whoa, like starting a company is something as you probably all know. So, oh yes. um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's great because like it's me and two other co-founders. Um, we work together and we all have very different specialties and backgrounds, which is great. So I do all things product innovation and education. And so that's like building out education for providers on cannabinoids and cannabis, as well as students and um, for consumers. So as I, as I teased a little bit before, I am working on, I don't know any course like this yet, um, but it is the first online course for consumers interested in learning about the endocannabinoid system and cannabis science. and But of course, speaking to the conscious consumer, because I really think that right now, especially people who are interested in natural products of, of any capacity, it's, it's like an elevated consumer that really wants to know the details. They want to know everything that like, you know, of course, they want to know the science, but they want to know how that can be applied to their life and their loved ones. Um, and so this course is really to focus on that. Um, um, which I think is a real like void in the market. At long the overdue. Congratulations yeah. so, on putting yes. that together. That um, is long overdue. Yeah. So working on that at the moment for consumers. Um, and then also one thing that I'm really proud of is we do intro customer calls. So any new customer we have, I get to hop on the phone with them and answer any questions they have. And I think that that's really important because I mean, at the end of the day, cannabis is, it's not a drug necessarily, but it can be viewed as a medicine. And so this medicine can interact with a lot of different things. It can interact with, you know, certain ways you lead your lifestyle, it can interact with, you know, different drugs that you're taking, different prescriptions, different supplements. So um, I think it's really important that people have a healthcare professional that they can lean on if they are looking to incorporate CBD or cannabinoids of any capacity into their life. So that's yes. something that's really important to me. Yeah. Oh, that's, sorry. No, I was going to say that I love that you do that because, you know, education in the CBD space is something that's we've always felt has been lacking in a lot of ways. And so to, for consumers to have the ability to touch base with you, to get questions answered by someone who's a trained specialist is yeah. very important, but it also for you, it helps you keep a pulse on what the consumers are asking and the types of questions are asking, because that can potentially help you to either position the business or position the product line to be ahead of consumer demands or wants or needs. So it's yeah. really, it's, it takes a lot of time, I'm sure out of your busy schedule to do those, those Q and A's with the consumers, but it's really, really beneficial for everyone. Definitely. And I mean, it's, it's what makes it fun and it's what makes it like worth it. I think is like when you get to actually interact with the people who are trying your products, who have questions. And then there are some people who email me back like a week or two later. And sometimes it's like a positive review. And sometimes it's like four more questions. So it's like, mm -hmm. they know that they can like have someone to to lean on and, and to talk to. So I really love doing that. Um, and then for the education side, also for students as like kind of um, as 
I, I guess in a way, an extension of, you know, the, the, the postdoc training program that I created is um, I started an internship program for graduate level students that, you know, if, if anyone's interested in learning more about entrepreneurship in natural products or medical writing or anything that they can also like have a, a first dibs view um, on a small company, a small growing company. So that's something else that I do from an education perspective for for students. And then for product innovation, everything we have is doctor formulated. So um, the medical advisory team is run by me, but also is filled with practitioners with incredible backgrounds. So like we have integrative physicians and integrative pharmacists with formulation experience that we all like talk about and figure out, you know, what are we looking to develop next and, and how is that going to fit within like consumer needs? And, and where can people buy these products if they need them or if they want them or? Yeah, um, right now we're mostly direct to consumer um, and uh, we're really excited about a lot of the like international expansion opportunities. So if you um, are abroad, like you might be seeing our products soon, um, we are um, officially cleared by the Thailand FDA. So we are going to be in Thailand and working with a lot of like the spas and resorts and things there um, to create cannabis experiences for the guests. It's like a a whole new, like, I guess, area of tourism is like cannabis tourism, which is really cool. Um, So it's people who want to get like massages with CBD oils and things like that. They, Mm -hmm. you know, their welcome coconut water is going to have some, some of our CBD in it, things like that. Um, So we're working to do things like that on the hospitality front. Um, we just um, we just signed a contract to officially be in Germany and Switzerland with Mello, and they're going to be doing a lot of expansion in a lot of um, different countries as well, like like Austria and the UK. So we're going to be um, we're working very hard on in our international expansion because it seems like well, I mean, I guess it, maybe it's something we should have expected as well as like when we formulated the products. I don't know if people know, but for dietary supplements for cannabinoids and everything, there are a set list of ingredients in the United States that you can't use. Um, And that set list is like a double digit number that keeps changing. But let's say it's like 40, 50 something. Um, But internationally, it's actually a triple digit number of like multiple hundred ingredients that you can't use um, when you formulate. So we actually formulated our products in accordance to international standards so that we would be able to, you know, have the cleanest products, which is super important to us. And we recently won some clean beauty awards. So it's, it's, being clean is really important, ensuring that we're, you know, what you put in your body is just as important as you put on your body. And so ensuring that that is the best that we can provide and that they are products that we ourselves want to use because we're also very particular ourselves on like what we would want to use for ourselves and our loved ones. So um, yeah, other things that were, there's so many exciting things like in, in the pipeline. And so more, more news to come, definitely follow us on, on Instagram and our website and you'll, you'll get the info. There you go. I was just going to remind, I know we have a hard yeah. stop coming up in your day, doctor. I want to make sure that people know where to get in touch with you, where to find yeah. you and where to go, uh, as far as elementapothic.com for the products that you were just mentioning. And you guys get, uh, were you guys just as impressed as me, Francesca and Mike, where Dr. Swathi's just talking and just you know, it's an elevated consumer. And I'm like, ooh, trademark. She needs to trademark that. <laughs> That's your speech at, uh, at MJ Biz in the next year. <laughs> the elevated consumer with Dr. Swathi. Um, usually, Dr. Swathi, towards the end of our show here, we just, you know, kind of have a 
fun little go around with our guests. And we were wondering if, you, okay. if you'd care to participate with a little sure, yeah. uh, Francesca's specialty here, Francesca. <laughs> well, I know it's earlier where you are. And so I'm going to go <laughs> a little easy here with my would you rather. And I do genuinely wonder, would you rather live in an aquarium or a zoo? Would I rather live in an aquarium or a zoo? Mm-hmm. I would say an aquarium. I would say an aquarium. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the, so. is it the ambiance, the calmness of the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Call back to the uh, previous episode, Mike, there will be no reef. Yeah. In the <laughs> aquarium. <laughs> I'm immediately going because of the underwater scenario. I'm going. <laughs> forgot your water thing zoo for sure <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> go kind of the, live in a kind zoo. of the same though you're kind of like on the inside yeah you know kind of trapped into either setting mm. so mm -hmm. i think i'd rather be in the zoo i felt i felt like it was larger aquarium to me i have this mental thing that it's like it's tight okay yeah, yeah. Uh, okay Okay. I, I claustrophobia think is showing. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a cannabis talk show. Let's just say I had a little on me. And Plus. then you watch those those YouTube videos. I used to put them on for my kittens of aquariums <laughs> with that hypnotic music. I would just sit there and, and, and just kind of zone out right along with them. I might think that the peace and the tranquility of the aquarium is where I'm yeah. going to go. Uh, you like mind it. if I uh, bring in bring in our man? The man you got to hear from Frankie. Run on time. Producer extraordinaire, DJ Rags. Frank, how you doing? Good. How's everybody? Doing good. good. Doing all all right, right. You heard the question. Yeah. You heard Dr. Swathy's answer. You heard Mike. You heard mine. We're just waiting for you and Francesca. Well, I uh, this one's tough, but I feel like I have to go aquarium too. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason I'm saying that is, you know, the zoo that you have people throwing stuff potentially at you. Uh, the temperature maybe not regulated. You see all the time, like, um, you know, polar bears, they're out in like 80 degree heat. So I think, you know, aquarium wise, I think it's a little bit more controlled. It might be a better environment. Temperature I was, regulation. I <laughs> wasn't of picturing comfort. you in the enclosure, more just living in this but i get you i mean maybe people throw things at you when you're just walking yeah. around the zoo i don't know maybe his first throws things at zoos i think there's the <laughs> that was my first response mike in his hypothetical scenario i just like oh man why are they throwing stuff at frank oh, <laughs> uh francesca i'm going home. zoo this is easy for me it's a zoo for me because then i feel like i can change up the environment i can go if i'm in a gorilla mood if i'm in a tiger mood there is usually the reptile house if i need to go indoors and uh you know just and i feel like if i had some cannabis maybe i could like really commune with these animals and just get on a different level of consciousness or you'd get banked and they would take your cannabis from <laughs> there's the other thing you got to watch out for but oh. i do respect the aquarium it would be very chill to be in an aquarium too that was a very good around the horn francesca <laughs> thank you all for participating on this one at the yes. beginning of this 
today we're, we're grateful for uh, robust networking because that brought us into contact with our guest today. Our guest has been uh, Dr. Swathi Varanasi. Uh, we are so grateful for you joining us to help elevate the conversation today on the Infuse Show. Thank you for your time. And, and honestly, thank you for the work that you're doing. It's important, what I call the big work uh, of changing things that have just been accepted or allowed for decades. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was lovely. Thank you. Can't wait to see what you keep doing moving yeah. forward. This is, is going to be fun next. to follow. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is so true. All right, guys, this has been a blast. It's been a pleasure. And we will be following you uh, with, with, with great enthusiasm. We're real big fans. So our thanks to Dr. Swathi Varanasi and to all of you for listening today and joining us on The Infuse Show. We'll see you on the next episode from right here in Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.